Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Glow Hour. I'm your host, Chris. Hope you're having a marvelous day so far. If not, maybe the next hour will change that. It is actually raining today, so I decided to light a candle. That's what I do to treat myself on a rainy day. Because it's so dark and gloomy, I allow myself to burn a candle. And I just bought a set of these fragrance-free candles from Target. One little candle lasts the entire day so that's just been my little tradition whenever it rains because I get so unmotivated to do anything on a rainy day. Anyway, today I wanted to share with you all of the wonderful things to look forward to in the season of spring because funny enough, spring used to be my least favorite season and I didn't realize this and I haven't truly declared it and analyzed it until this year so I'm trying my best to fall in love with spring it still sort of is my least favorite season I'm not gonna lie but I'm trying to romanticize it and fall in love with it by creating this episode and gushing over spring with you And then hopefully by the end of this episode, I'm going to convince myself and all of you that spring is an awesome season that deserves more love and attention. But before we get into all the good stuff, all the positive, happy vibes, I wanted to roast spring for a little bit because I think it's important that I let you know why I always used to think of spring as my least favorite spring, no, season. Um, Okay, so growing up, I actually really disliked springtime. I kind of just never looked forward to it. Maybe that's the better way to phrase it. I just always thought spring was pretty forgettable. Nothing new or exciting was happening, at least for me. It just felt like an interlude between winter and the start of summer, and I just wanted to hurry up and get to summer break. This sounds like a very stupid reason to hate spring, but in high school, Spring was a very busy time for finals and AP testing, and at that point, I just wanted spring to be over with. I wanted it to be June, where I could forget about school and just relax a little. And to me, one of the worst feelings ever is wanting something to be over with, because it's inevitable, you have to face it, and all you can do is bear through it and wait for it to be over and that's how I felt about spring. Then when I became an adult, my feelings did not change. I don't have a summer vacation for my job so technically I don't have a summer break to look forward to and yet spring kicks off with tax season and daylight savings when you lose an hour of your life. Moreover, it's raining but at this point You're sick of the rain. It's rain without the magic of Christmas, without the twinkly lights. And it feels confusing because you're ready to start wearing the frilly dresses and skirts. But it's low-key still cold, at least to begin with. The other thing about spring is that for whatever reason, I never really bought into the season. Did I just rhyme? Okay, when I walk around Target, I am not inspired or excited by the Easter Bunny and the chocolates and the peeps. Maybe that's just me, but it's so much easier to look forward and kind of buy into the commercialization of every other season. I'm sorry. Like summer is relaxing beach vibes. Fall is cozy, spooky, spicy. Winter is this chilly, 
twinkly wonderland. And then there's spring. Crickets. So quiet there aren't even crickets yet because crickets come out in the summer, right? It's just funny to me to think of how literally drab I've always thought of spring to be when spring is the opposite of drab. If anything, fall is more drab. Spring is actually one of the most beautiful seasons. I could shed a tear. Yes, it rains and it pours, but it's so that seeds can take root and vegetation can begin to grow, flowers can bloom, and if you take walks often or if you have a garden or a yard, you could see it happening right before your eyes as the season progresses. Yes, if you live in America, you lose an hour, but then you get more daylight. The sun goes down later, and I'd say that's a gain. Yes, if you live in America, you have to do your taxes by like April, but then you get the satisfaction of being done with it and not have to worry about it for another year. Spring is the season of new beginnings and transformations, and you've probably heard of the saying, April showers brings May flowers, and it's very true. You start off with a lot of rain, maybe a perfect storm of sorts, but then one day, the clouds will begin to clear, the sun will slash through, the grass is greener than ever, you have more daylight, you can go out more, get fresh air, open the windows, all without dying of the hot summer heat, and... All this to say, let's fall in love with spring. I love being excited for every new season, and this year I want to count spring into the equation because it's going to be part of our life for the rest of our lives, whether you want it or not. I say all this while I'm shivering right now, like I'm actually so cold inside my home. Like the spring weather hasn't really kicked in. I feel like this is the coldest time of year in Southern California. We get about two and a half seasons, I'd say we have hot days and rainy days and cloudy days and then days that are like not as hot and not as cloudy. Lately, the weather has been the coldest of the entire year. Tell me if you've had a different experience, by the way. I'm assuming people feel maybe similarly as in spring is just kind of this forgettable season, but maybe spring is your favorite season ever and it's always been. And if so, I'm starting to get it now. You were just ahead of the curve and good for you. Maybe you have another least favorite season. And if so, I'm going to be doing a similar episode of this to every season coming up. So you get ready. We have things to look forward to in every season. All right, here are all of the reasons why I love spring. Take a chug of water every time I say spring in this episode. I'm going to be sharing all of the fun ideas of things to do, pretty much my spring bucket list. And I remember when I was younger, kind of in the Tumblr era, I would always create these bucket lists, especially for Christmas time and the fall season. I loved creating and even summer. See, like it's hard to create a spring bucket list for some reason, but for every other season, I've always created a bucket list. The first idea I have in mind, which you don't have to follow, obviously, is get a fresh new haircut. And I actually did this last week. My husband and I both got haircuts at last because for me, I haven't cut my hair in over a year. For my husband, I believe it's been nine months. Our hairs were just unbearably long. I was so fed up with my long hair. I was just ready to go to the salon and ask them to chop it all off. If you've never had short hair, 
it's so much fun. I just think short hair girls have more fun. Uh, okay, that's not facts at all. At least for me, when I get a haircut, number one, I feel so much lighter, literally because of all the weight that's been chopped off. And secondly, I feel cleaner because... Even if you just go in for a trim, it's nice to have them snip off the dead ends. And when I run my fingers through my hair, it just all feels brand new. And to me, it just seems more appropriate as well to cut your hair once the weather begins to warm up. Because in the wintertime, I sort of use my long hair as a scarf to cover my neck when it's chilly. But once it's summer, I want as little weight on my head as possible, especially if I'm leaving my hair down or if I'm going into the water for a swim not that I really do that but I don't want to have to deal with all of the extra hair it gets really fussy even when I'm doing simple daily activities like taking a shower with shorter hair is so much easier and I'm using less hair product like shampoo and conditioner there were some years of my life when I did the opposite and I chopped my hair off in the winter and then grew out my hair for the summer and it just didn't make as much sense practically speaking I mean it's not that big of a deal to have whatever length for either season, but getting a haircut definitely puts you in the mindset that you're about to enter a season of fresh starts and new beginnings. And to me, that seems more timely in the springtime. I don't know. Maybe I'm making this way too deep, but I actually told my hair lady to cut it to about shoulder length because they usually cut it a few inches shorter, but she ended up cutting it exactly to where I asked. So I might actually go back to the salon and cut a few more inches off because it's not as short as I wanted it to be. If you have no desire to get a haircut or have short hair, no worries. Even just trying out a cute new hairstyle will feel like a nice new change. As I said, I have short hair now, so my options are kind of limited, but maybe you can try a new braid. Maybe braids aren't your thing. You could play with a new hair accessory, or instead of tying your hair back with a rubber band, like a typical hair tie, you can tie it with a ribbon. Um, I always see girls having really cute hairstyles and I always think to myself to try it out one day but I never do because it really takes time and effort. I remember trying new hairstyles out all the time in grade school and I miss doing that. I think it's a very simple way to change up your entire look without having to go into the salon and change your whole entire hair color or get a new length. You could really just play around with different partings and braids and hair ties and hair accessories. So I think when I became an adult, I just became very low maintenance with my hair. So lately I just leave it down or I'm tying it back in a ponytail, but I really do wish I could play around more with some cute girly hairstyles because it's fun and it kind of feels nostalgic in a way as well. Spring is also a great time for spring cleaning. And I was very curious as to know why people began deep cleaning their homes in the springtime specifically. So I looked into the history of spring cleaning and found that it dates back apparently thousands of years with different religions and cultures having different rituals. But in the 1800s, lamps were lit with either whale oil or kerosene, and that required coal or wood to heat it up. And in order to properly clean out all of that soot residue, you would need to open the windows, which you could only do in warmer weather. So spring was the perfect time to really sweep and dust the entire home with the windows open. 
also in the winter humans become more sluggish because of the lesser hours of daylight and that triggers melatonin which makes it a lot harder to have the energy to want to deep clean when it's cold and I totally get this because when it is too cold it's harder to get a lot of things done like it's harder to get out of bed it's harder to move it's harder to shower and when it's dimmer in the home it's harder to be motivated to clean and it's harder to even see the dust because not as much light is exposing the dust and also when it's too hot in the summertime the last thing I want to do is deep clean and get extra sweaty of course with modern technology we don't have the soot problem anymore so we can technically deep clean any time of the year in the summertime, we could turn on the AC, but I still think spring is a really good time to get started. I actually began decluttering and deep cleaning my entire home at the start of the year in January. After I took down all the Christmas decoration, I was already in that good flow of wanting to declutter and deep clean. So if you need a good visual to motivate you, I do have two videos up on my channel on this, but I also get why people deep clean maybe in the first quarter of the year because of holidays like Lunar New Year and even Easter kind of symbolizing this new beginning. Either way, I'm trying to make it a personal goal to declutter and deep clean my home at the start of every new season, but I guess spring would be the biggest massive deep 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 clean once you have your haircut or your hair trim or your new hairdo and you decluttered and tidied your entire home now you're kind of ready to jumpstart this season of spring I feel and the next thing to do is create a spring playlist there are no rules for what your playlist needs to sound like it doesn't all need to sound like floral sweet pretty songs but I think sound and music is a great way to create a sentimental attachment to a certain time of your life or a certain season of your life in this case. And I created a fall playlist years ago and now every time I listen to it, it immediately takes me back to every season of fall of my life since I created this playlist and that is the power of music but I never really had music to attach to the season of spring so I started creating a playlist last night listen I haven't really been exploring new artists and listening to new music for a good while not as much as I used to I feel like I was very open to listening to new music years ago but I kind of took a pause on that um so I didn't know where to begin with creating this new playlist but I think I'd say start with five songs you already know that remind you of the season and then keep growing the collection from there so I searched up on Spotify spring playlist just to see what other people had in mind of what songs remind them of spring the first song that came up was kiss me by sixpence none the richer and this song to me just like epitomizes the feeling of spring and that got me going. It was like an immediate mood booster and I started adding more songs to the playlist. Right now I only have like 10 songs on the playlist, but I'm going to keep listening to new songs and adding it slowly, maybe adjusting the playlist. I will share it as well um, if you want to take a listen to it. It's not like perfectly curated just yet because I'm still trying to figure out what kind of songs I like to listen to in the spring. 
But creating playlists is another nostalgic activity that I used to do when I was younger. And springtime especially, I associate songs that are very light and airy and kind of uh, a little bit more refreshing and uplifting, maybe compared to the darker, moodier seasons and maybe even summertime. Summertime, I think of more poppy, lively music. But in the springtime, I kind of imagine myself listening to music of me running through a field of flowers, very cleansing type music. I don't even know how to describe it really, but um, that's the kind of music that I'm searching to add to my playlist specifically. But again, as I said, there really is no rules. You could put like uh, rock metal music, rap, R&B, whatever you want onto your spring playlist. Set the soundtrack to your spring and make it fun. Have a blast. Next activity that I'm going to mandate everyone listening to this podcast to do is to buy yourself flowers yes 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 buy yourself flowers it's an extra luxury item to add to your cart but it will brighten your day for at least a few weeks especially if you don't have any plants around your home or any sense of nature, maybe even outside your window, then I think it's so good to have a little vase of flowers on your desk or in the kitchen. The first thing that might hinder you from wanting to buy yourself flowers is maybe you think that you don't have a vase. So get yourself a vase and you could actually do this for free. If you have an old spaghetti sauce jar, just wash it well soak it with baking soda overnight to remove that saucy odor and there you go you have a somewhat free flower vase i actually bought a new vase recently from ikea it's called chili fruit okay i definitely butchered that look it up if you want it's called literally chili fruit fruit with a k it's a unique shape that can also be used as a watering can so i was very drawn to it the moment i saw this vase release i was like eyeing it um except they were always out of stock so the moment i saw that it was in store i had to get it anyway you don't need to buy a new vase uh just use your spaghetti sauce jar okay I also recently bought a flower frog from Amazon. It's like this circular weight that has metal spikes that come out of it and you put the stem of the flower into these spikes so that it can stand upright. It's a wonderful way to arrange flowers and to have negative space in between each flower. And you don't have to have a vase in this case. You could, am I rhyming again? Okay, you could put the flower frog inside of a bowl even. I will leave the link of the one that I purchased in the show notes. But I've also seen some flower frogs while antiquing. Arranging flowers is actually something I want to get into and get better at because I kind of want to treat myself to a bouquet of flowers every season. If you're asking me what is my favorite flower, especially for the spring, it's an easy answer. That is tulips. I really love the shape of tulips. I know it's like a very basic flower. It's a wonderful flower. What can I say? Something about the bell-shaped curve of a tulip. I love it. I love it. Why am I obsessed with the tulip? I went to the grocery store ready to buy my tulips of the year and I could not find any tulips. All I could find were roses and 
I'm not well-versed with my flowers, to be honest. All I know are my tulips and my baby's breaths and my chamomiles. I have a select few flowers that I love to search for at the grocery store, but all I could find were roses, and I'm not even going to lie, I think I'm not the biggest fan of roses. So I was really sad that I couldn't find my tulips, but I love every shade of tulips. I garden on... <laughs> I garden on Animal Crossing, so I should know my tulips well. All I know is that there's there are white, orange, pink, yellow, and kind of like this black violet type of tulips. Those are the main colors, right? And then there's some tulips with stripes on them. Me trying to act like I garden. Oh my goodness, of course there's purple tulips. Of course. What am I smoking? There's black tulips, right? black violet tulips those are so gorgeous wow wow why am i so attracted to tulips it was especially when i went to the grocery store and i couldn't find my tulips that i realized how much i love tulips i think that's a good indicator to realizing you're in love with something is when it's not there anymore and you truly miss it uh that's how i felt the other day about my tulips not being there um so i might go to the farmer's market this weekend and search for my tulips i think because most flowers are circular there's something about the way that a tulip just stands upright that is just so charming i don't know why i find tulips to be so beautiful um another thing you could do is actually peel open tulips so they look a little bit more blossomed and that's a fun change I guess but I still like my tulips closed I didn't know I was about to confess my love for tulips just now but I did um, another thing you could do though is make your own bouquet of flowers this is next level you could go to a flower market and I think they have different vendors and a lot of florists go there to make their arrangements for my wedding I was actually looking into how to be my own florist for my own wedding and I kind of just gave up because I was scared I was gonna butcher all of it. Hot take, I don't know if I like bouquets for the everyday flower arrangement in the home. I'd rather have one singular bouquet of flowers, like one bouquet of just tulips. No, I take that back. I've seen some beautiful flower arrangements, but I, I guess I'm not the biggest fan of flower arrangements that I see at the grocery store, maybe because they don't have the flowers that I love. I am sounding like a flower discriminator right now, but if I were to choose at a grocery store whether to get a singular bouquet of flowers of just one flower or like a combination of different flowers, I honestly would opt for the singular bouquet of flowers is that making sense but if i were to gift someone a bouquet of flowers or if someone were to gift me a bouquet of flowers i think that's when the flower arrangements become this art work it really just depends how it's done next thing to do is to invite brighter colors into your life let's start with the home obviously i just mentioned buy yourself a bouquet of flowers um, even if it's just one stem of a flower that you pick off legally somewhere from a bush or something is that even legal never mind just somehow find a way to get yourself a flower put it in your hair put it in a random mason jar anyway we're we're off of that topic now the other way to invite brighter colors into your home is 
I know this is going to sound really expensive and excessive, but switching out your bedding and maybe your duvet color, maybe even just the pillowcases for a color that is a bit brighter and springy, it really will change up your entire bedroom. Even just changing up the material of your bedding, maybe from something like a denser cotton material to a lighter linen material. I know that this is pricey. It will cost hundreds of dollars to change up your entire bedding, but I kind of see it as growing your collection of bedding that you could switch up between the seasons if you want. You don't have to change up your entire bedding as well. You could just maybe get new pillowcases that are a little bit brighter. Like I have this caper colored duvet cover, but then I recently got this botanical color pillowcases to switch out the flannel pillow covers I had during the colder season. So although the base color of my bedding stayed the same, uh, I just kind of brightened it up a little more with the botanical green. I really like it. It was a very simple change. Of course, some other things that you could do in the home. I mean, I think the biggest thing you could do is to declutter and deep clean because that's the best way to feel refreshed in the home is to have a clean home for the spring. Um, But otherwise, uh, just kind of replacing the darker, warmer, deeper tones for something that's lighter and brighter for the springtime, Um, like your throw pillows and the throw blankets even and again that base of flowers is pretty crucial otherwise I think that's about it for the home let me know if you have any other ideas but I think all I plan on doing is getting my tulips this weekend if possible as for fashion and style I'm not an expert in this category I'm not an expert in any of these categories tbh but when I think of springtime I really envision you know, bringing out the dresses and the skirts. I don't know why. I think it's because the past few seasons, we're kind of, we've kind of been wearing pants for a while and we're kind of sick of wearing pants. And at the same time though, it's still quite cold. It's still quite chilly. Is that just me? Is that just where I live? Um, Yeah, it's like really freezing. I'm literally still shivering, by the way. I'm like so tempted to turn on the heater. Because springtime is this interesting combo of winter and summer, I think... It's fun to kind of work with that and pair something a little bit light and airy like a dress, like a maxi dress even, and over top wear like a knit sweater or a crew neck sweater or a jacket. I think a skirt slash dress is a good base layer to play around and layer with in the springtime. As far as colors go, I am not in tune with what is trending necessarily in fashion, especially for the spring, but I've always thought that white looks so good in the springtime. I am done with my grays and my blacks. I mean, black looks good as well, but I think white is the perfect neutral color for the spring because wearing white allows the colors in nature to stand out and also for you to stand out amongst all of the greenery. Imagine if you are out in a flower field and you're wearing a floral dress. Well, it's going to look great, but then you're kind of camouflaging into the field of flowers whereas if you're wearing like a white dress or maybe like a white blouse with some denim when I picture that girl on the flower field with the white dress it just creates this lovely contrast where the girl stands out in her dress and then also the colors of the flowers in the field look more vibrant 
and wearing white might sound super boring and I might sound super biased because white is kind of my favorite color. I think you could play more with the textures and find something a little bit more frilly and feminine, something that kind of flows really nicely that almost looks like it resembles the petals of a flower. I would prefer that over wearing floral. No hate to florals. I love florals as well. Um, And it's not like we're going to a flower field every day. You know what I mean? But white is just like as literally as bright as you can get for a color. Some other colors aside from white that have really caught my eye. One is teal. I am specifically thinking about a transparent teal. I'm looking for some teal glass cups. Um, I don't know what it is. It's just I haven't seen teal in a while and I kind of miss that color. I also want to talk about nail colors because painting my nails is my favorite way of adding a pop of color. I'm actually thinking about painting my nails like a bright berry pink soon, kind of inspired by that like hot pink tulip color. I know I won't be brave enough to wear anything that hot pink, but when it comes to painting my nails that color, I'm so excited. I guess lately I've just been into colors that I haven't seen as often, and I've I've been missing those colors like teal and berry pink and like almost a neon purple. I don't think that's a great way to describe the purple I'm talking about, but yeah, I've just kind of been missing those colors. Not all together, because that kind of looks like a galaxy, but separately, those colors have been capturing my eye. Okay, I am about ready to talk about food. I mean, I am very ready. I haven't eaten all day, so I'm like getting hungry as well. So yes, the next thing to do for the springtime is to eat pretty foods. I specifically say pretty because I think in the wintertime, I am opting for the cozy hearty warming foods but then towards the spring you know we got a little bit more fresh seasonal produce to work with so I think I imagine kind of lighter brighter pretty foods first things first I gotta say it spring rolls specifically Vietnamese style spring rolls where you are dipping the rice paper into water and then adding a bunch of different greens and maybe some protein and wrapping it together and dipping it in some sauce. I love the concept of spring rolls because you could kind of take it wherever you want to take it. Um, If you are vegetarian or vegan, you don't have to include meat. Maybe you could put some crispy fried tofu in it. If I were to make spring rolls, I would put shrimp in it, kind of the typical Vietnamese style with cilantro and lettuce. But uh, guess what? I grew a shellfish intolerance in the past few years, so I can no longer eat shrimp which is a very unfortunate but the great thing about spring rolls is there are no rules you could put whatever you want inside of the rice paper so sometimes when I have nothing else to eat but I have some random vegetables I will make some spring rolls it's made with the transparent rice paper meaning whatever you put inside of it will show through and it looks really cool if you search up colorful spring rolls into google you will find a wide variety of what I'm talking about. You could put sliced strawberries and beet dyed rice noodles and dragon fruit and nasturtium. Okay, I don't know if I'm gonna do this, but I like the idea that you can if you wanted to. I don't know how good this would taste, but it looks so pretty 
and ooh, the radish looks good. You could have so much variety with it. Like I'm thinking you could even do a dessert style spring roll. The next thing is pie. <laughs> I say this because I remember every year in grade school for pie day, which is 3.14, March 14th, we would have pie. I, my memory is kind of foggy. I don't remember. I think one year we were required to make our own pies and bring it to school, kind of like a pie potluck. And my friend made this raspberry yogurt pie. And I think my mom got the recipe from her mom somehow. I don't remember the story very clearly. My mom and I made this pie several times because it was so simple and so good. This is my one memory of baking. It's not even baking. We didn't bake this pie, I don't think. It's like a fresh pie. And so for many years, I've been trying to find this recipe and like having this desire to make it again because it's so easy and so good. And so I really want to try that. I'm not a big fan of like heavy pie. And this pie was really light and refreshing. And it had like raspberries all over the top. And it was so good. And you could do it with any other type of berry. I think we attempted like maybe blueberry or something. Another pretty little thing to make for the springtime is lemonade. I do have a citrus presser that my dad gifted us. So I am kind of prepared. All I have to do is buy my sweet, sweet lemons. And I kind of want to make butterfly PT lemonade because if you know, you know. If you add butterfly PT to your lemonade, it's like this beautiful ombre effect where it goes from like dark blue to violet to like the yellow. It looks like a sunset. I actually made a video on this years ago, but um, I have the butterfly PT. I actually have lemons. I actually like can kind of make a version of this myself like right after I record this. Those are my only ideas so far for the pretty foods that I want to make for the springtime. I do want to move on to my next activity, which is going to the farmer's market. I do have a local farmer's market that actually closes down for the fall and winter time and then reopens in the spring. So it's kind of perfect. If you go to your local farmer's market, you could find produce at its peak season. And I kind of searched up what produce is in season for the spring. And to name a few, rhubarb, Meyer lemons for the lemonade, asparagus is a big one, peas, butter lettuce, early spring herbs, dandelion, which I've never thought to eat dandelion, but okay, radishes, watercrust, morals, uh, broccoli, kale. I'm actually really bad at eating different vegetables that are kind of outside of my realm of the vegetables that I like. I'm always inspired watching Emily Mariko's TikToks because she's like the master of going to the farmer's market and buying like a whole array of produce. And if I bought all of that, I honestly would not know what to do with it. She does a really good job at washing and prepping her vegetables so it's ready to eat. Either she'll chop it up into a salad or she'll just season it with olive oil, salt and pepper. Super simple. And roast it in the oven and there you go you have that with like your protein and you're good to go and it's a very nutritious hearty meal and I realized that 
yeah, maybe I don't need to really complicate my meals. All I need to do is like roast some vegetables that are in season. So I definitely want to step outside of my comfort zone in trying out new vegetables every season. Next idea is to go on a picnic. You know what I realized? I've never been on a proper picnic and I did not know this. I've always thought that I loved picnics until it hit me that I never really been on a proper picnic. The definition of a picnic is an outing or occasion that involves taking a packaged meal to be eaten outdoors. So, I mean, I definitely took like some takeout to eat on a park bench, but I've never really made like a bento box or like some sandwiches and taken it to the park, laid a picnic blanket on some grass and like ate it while looking at my surroundings. I think spring, at least when it stops raining, is a wonderful time to do this because the sun should be out but it's not scorching hot and the nature surrounding the park or the lake or wherever you're at is probably at its prime so I think picnic season is spring I think the one thing hindering me from going on a picnic actually is the fact that I never really had a good picnic blanket that's waterproof so I'm actually going to search for one right after this and stop making excuses because I think this is so necessary even if I want to go picnicking at the beach or something and also sometimes like on a day of rest I'm not really in the mood to like make myself a sandwich to go take out so it doesn't need to be that extravagant I think if you just maybe even just simply go to a deli shop and buy yourself a sandwich or something to take out with you maybe even going to the Japanese market and getting a bento meal um, make it easier for yourself buy your takeout food if you're not feeling like cooking up a whole platter for yourself and go to the park find a good place of nature and you know picnic I guess I really, really, really want to finally do this and kind of almost make it a routine for myself. Maybe doing this when it's not even a special occasion to do so. Maybe even doing this by myself, um, just bringing a snack outdoors with my picnic mat and reading a book maybe and just like keeping it simple. I'll keep you updated on my picnicking progress. Not that anybody asked, but I want to, so... The next idea I have in mind, which I've kind of hinted at throughout this entire episode, is going to a flower field or any sort of trail that has a bloom of flowers. I know that right now we're in a super bloom season, in California at least. Hold up. Whoa. I am learning so much from creating this episode. I didn't properly know what a super bloom was, but apparently it's a prolonged period of drought that sets the stage for the wildflowers to bloom extraordinarily. Wow. <gasps> Whoa. Wow. I've always hated on California for not having a variety of nature to look at but this super bloom is specific to california and it looks so crazy beautiful i have to go see this now type in super bloom on google and you'll see what i'm talking about are you kidding me this is crazy how have i never seen this in my life it's like this field of bright orange purple yellow this is crazy i'm calling it now expect to see a picture of me in a white flowy dress in this flower field this only happens after a severe drought 
or an extreme rainfall. And it only covers the West Coast from Death Valley to Big Sur. Wait, I have to go see this. Please tell me it's not over. Peak season is usually beginning of spring, but the best buds may start to pop up around February and last through June. Okay, okay, okay. I need to go. I need to go. I need to go see the super bloom. Goodbye. If you live in California, I hope you're adding this to your bucket list. I'm assuming it's free. Maybe you have to pay for parking. This is the kind of stuff that would definitely make me appreciate spring more. Sorry to make the non-Californians jelly, but I mean, in other parts of the world, it's also cherry blossom season. So I think that's another beautiful sight to see in the spring. I did witness this in Japan and in Korea as well. It's just absolutely stunning. I felt like I was in a Studio Ghibli film or something because it was just so beautiful. Another idea is to go to a botanical garden. A botanical garden to me is kind of like a museum of flowers. And I think when I was younger, I didn't really look forward to going to these because I thought it was a little bit boring. But now that I'm kind of voluntarily trying to go to a botanical garden, I think I might enjoy it more. And I'm kind of excited to search for several around me. And I'm assuming that the flowers are at its peak during this time of year. And so do you really want to take a visit and look at the different unique flowers? Because there are a variety of unique flowers out there that I don't really know about. And I think it's really lovely to know that they blossom at different times of the year. Next idea though that I am very, very excited about is berry picking. Specifically strawberry picking because that's what I know is available around me. But strawberries are in season and there is a farm local to me where I can go and pick strawberries. If you're able to find one of those around you, highly recommend go doing it with a friend. I did this several years ago with the group of girls and it was such a nice experience. Um, we basically went on this wagon and we were randomly fed like different greens. We were passed around like some green onion and other greens. I can't seem to remember. And we would literally um, like eat them <laughs> raw without any seasoning and I don't know it just brought me to my roots it made me feel very grounded doing this and then when we reached the field of strawberries we were given like a plastic container the ones that berries come in at grocery stores and we were given like a time limit to go out and pick the strawberries and this was my favorite part because I didn't really know that we had a time limit so I was taking my sweet, sweet time and picking the strawberries. I was eating them. I spent majority of my time picking and eating instead of picking and putting them in my plastic container. So by the time, like they said, we need to wrap it up, I was panic picking all the strawberries that I could last second. But yeah, it was just a really um, new experience for me. And of course, there's like a stand with a bunch of different strawberry jams and strawberry merch, if you will. Um, and of course, like other seasonal items. I didn't think that anyone could hate berries, but I did meet someone recently who told me that they 
don't like berries because of how unpredictable they are like sometimes you'll bite into a blueberry and it's like super sour and so she has trust issues with the blueberry I was like whoa that is fascinating because I can actually relate to that and maybe I also don't really love berries but I feel like strawberries are kind of the most reliable at least from my experience so I really do like strawberries and especially if you go berry picking for the most part since they are in season a lot of them are going to taste really good. Most of them are going to taste sweet and ripe and delicious. So I think everybody, even people who don't love berries might enjoy this experience or could enjoy this experience because it's going to taste like nature's candy. How could you deny a sweet berry, you know, unless you're allergic, which I do know people who are allergic to berries as well, uh, which in that case, I'm sorry. And the last activity, if you will, is going on a spring break vacation. If you're still in school, then you're given a spring break, which is perfect timing. I've always thought of spring to be the best season for traveling because the weather is perfect uh, or the weather is optimal in most places you know summertime can get really hot and humid and winter can be very cold my husband and I we got married in January so when we try going on our anniversary trips in January we are freezing cold even when we went to Maui for our honeymoon it was like not the optimal time so anyway spring though is one of the best seasons to travel I think Um, the only issue is maybe it might be such a good time to travel that everyone decides to travel then and it might be crowded in the touristy places but I would definitely want to book my travels during this time of year because the weather is great. I mean maybe spring isn't the best season for everywhere but for a lot of places it is and so it's a great time to book a little trip. I don't have any trips in mind but I am looking more locally. As I said the garden, the super bloom, the berry picking, all of that I really plan on doing. Um, So you don't need to book an entire vacation for yourself but it is a good time to do so if you have that itching to travel the last thing I want to talk about regarding spring is the holidays that are in spring I'm gonna skip St. Patrick's Day and April Fool's because I never really celebrated those holidays I mean are they okay whatever and of course we have the bigger holidays like Easter and for me one of the other reasons why springtime was a little bit low-key stressful was because of all of the birthdays involved specifically in like April and May I just think I know so many people whose birthdays are in April and May so it became even more busy of a giving season compared to Christmas even. Both of my parents' birthdays are in May and now my mother-in-law's birthday is in April and then my father-in-law's birthday is in like early June. In between all of that is like Mother's Day and Father's Day. I know Father's Day is like more in the summer but all of that is kind of like back to back to back. Uh, Several other people's birthdays are just like all in the springtime. So for me, I have to kind of prepare myself. I had to kind of budget and kind of plan ahead of time and accordingly to make sure to celebrate these people in my life. And while it used to be a very stressful time for me, I'm now going to approach it as a season of kind of giving back or like having more gratitude towards the people in my life that I really do love and am so grateful um, that they 
took care of me and invested in me or, you know, just loved me. So I know this doesn't apply to everyone, honestly, but um, whatever your intentions are for this season, I think it's um, a good idea to kind of set those intentions. And then there's Easter, which if you didn't know, Easter is a Christian holiday that celebrates the resurrection of Jesus. And if you are participating in Passion Week, which is the week of Easter, Easter. There is also Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, which is the day that Jesus died on the cross. And there's also Lent. Instead of Lent, which is for 40 days, I think it began in February, so I'm a little bit late. I'm going to be fasting during Passion Week. So fasting doesn't only include giving up food, but it's I'm specifically going to fast reading books. It was just going to be kind of hard for me because I've really gotten back into reading lately. So all I really want to do is pick up my next book and start reading. But I think next week, instead of reading my fictional books, I'm going to focus on reading the Gospels again. If you also didn't know, the Gospels include the first five books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And right now, my husband and I have been reading through Matthew together. We are only on Matthew 6. And there has already been so much we covered. So we are taking our sweet time. But by next week, I would love to focus on reading through the entire book of Matthew. That's my personal conviction. And I've never really done this before. I've never really taken Passion Week that seriously. But I realize I really want to celebrate Easter more because it is the biggest holiday of my faith. And I never really cared for it in the past for some reason. I just like... I'm like, woohoo about Christmas, um, just more so for all of the surrounding feelings around Christmas. I really do forget the meaning of Easter sometimes. And then like the bunny, I don't even know where the bunny comes from. Um, as I said, never been inspired by that bunny. I'm actually, I think I'm like a little bit scared of the Easter bunny. Like why is the Easter bunny a thing? A life-size Easter bunny holding a basket of candy? Oh my goodness. I know I'm telling you to search up all these images on Google, but like if you search up Easter bunny... I think as a kid, I would cry. That is terrifying to me. Um, okay. I believe that about wraps up my guide on how to fall in love with spring. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you gave it a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to leave a review, share with a friend. Uh, you could also follow this podcast at the Glow Hour Podcast on Instagram. That's kind of the only way I could see who's listening and I will sometimes click and stalk your profiles and it's just nice to see who I'm talking to. You know, so follow me, leave a comment on there. This time, you know, flood my comments with flowers i would love to see it that would be so much fun again thank you so much for listening all the way to the end if you did if you were cleaning your home i'm pretty sure it's spick and span by now i love you very much i will talk to you again next monday morning goodbye